Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Earlier on The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. It's The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Deep drop again for Browning, setting up the screen. It's caught 45, 50, 45, 40. Down the near sideline, go the Bengals. They're at the 15, they're at the 10, 5, touchdown. The 38-yard field goal coming up from Matt Gay, trying to get the uh, Colts on the board. Ball's on the near hash, there's a snap, placement's down, kick is on its way, and it is off the right, upright, and it is no good. Deep drop play action. Floats it right, caught again on a screen. They're at the 50-yard line, cutting off blocks. 40, 35, Mixon. 30. It's Mixon again. Mixon powers his way inside the 20 and then bulldozes down to the 16-yard line. That is two killer running back screens today that have just absolutely torched the Colts. Play action. Minshew throws into the end zone. Back right corner going up and making a bid on the ball for the Colts. Cox. It's Mo Alley Cox and it is a touchdown! The Bengals go quickly. It's Browning hurls it over the middle. It's picked off by the Colts. Ronnie Harrison running the other way. Down the far sideline. 10, 5, touchdown! It's the defense that gets involved in the party. Browning under center. Mixon is about three yards behind him. Quarterback sneak. And Mixon pushes Browning up the field across the goal line on a quarterback sneak. And... Cincinnati has scored two touchdowns on their first two drives of the second half. Second down and goal at the 25-yard line for Indianapolis. Minshew out of the gun, four receivers into the pattern. Backs to throw in the pocket, and he has hit from the side. The ball goes fluttering up in the air, and I think this might be either a fumble recovery or an interception, but it is Bengals football on the recovery is B.J. Hill. A lot of self-inflicted stuff happened out there. You know, it was just one of those days. It was not our day. It's just one of those days where you don't With you live from the drivehuber.com studios. It's the wake up call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dighton producing today's effort. Not a great weekend unless you're the Indiana Fever. We see KB this morning. You must have not parked underground in Cincinnati. You know what? I, I did park underground. Oh, boy. Um, you didn't listen to me at all. You uh, got out though, okay? I was sweating immediately as soon as you said that. <laughs> uh, about a 15 minute wait in the post game. Oh, that's nothing. Scrum of the garage of that, uh, whatever it is, CFG or CWG. I'm trying to think of which parking garage it was. But, uh, yeah, that was the worst loss of the season. I, I don't think there's any argument. A very fitting song choice there from Mark Dykton on this Monday morning. And, you know, every phase, Andy, no one is absolved from this one. Uh, if I told you to pick the best individual Colts player yesterday and I said you couldn't pick Michael Pittman, Well, you took my answer. Who am I going to take? I I think we could spend three hours (laughs) trying to think of just one. Uh, Yeah, terrible. And, and, you know, the magnitude of it is we're approaching mid-December. And, yes, a lot of help occurred around you yesterday. But that loss now means this, Andy. Game of the season Saturday afternoon inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. And now, at 7-6, and with a conference loss, with losing a head-to-head tiebreaker, your margin for error is virtually gone. If you have one more loss, now you're on your knees praying for help the rest of the season. Yes, you're still in control technically if you went out, but obviously the product we saw yesterday 
uh, is, is nowhere near a team capable of doing that. I, I mean, you mentioned all systems failure, and to me, it was the first game all season to where they just didn't have it, and they just didn't have it the whole game. I mean, our guy, he's our guy, right? Ronnie Harrison Jr., you know, it was about 45 seconds, seemingly, of good football for the Colts, but it was right at the very beginning. It was bad special teams. I mean, they were bad on special teams yesterday. Uh, So bad that, I mean, it's unwinnable when you're missing extra points, and I know they made up for it with a two-point conversion. Uh, McKenzie and being backed into in that debacle, and then defensively, you know, I, I know that some of the wide receiver numbers, Jamar Chase, he didn't go nuts. He didn't have the kind of game he had against Jacksonville, KB, but um, whether it be the screen passes, but for me, the lack of pass rush. I mean, this is a team yeah. that has feasted on mediocre offensive lines, that has feasted on mediocre quarterbacks going into the game Sunday in Cincinnati. What, 17 sacks in the last three games? This team was second, I believe, in the NFL, and they didn't get there, and they didn't get there at all. I think it was like three hurries the entire game. They didn't get a sack, and then offensively, they didn't do much. They can't run the football. That's how two games in a row without Jonathan Taylor, they haven't been able to run the football. And when they did run the football, they got a penalty. They got a holding call. Um, The penalties, the bad special teams, um, the bad defense, not being able to run the football, not being able to get and make Jake Browning feel game pressure whatsoever. It was the first dud of the season, and it happened at absolutely the worst time for this football team. Jake Browning, the highest passer rating of any quarterback in the league in week 14. And you bring up the screen game, Andy. It's something we actually talked about last week. Cincinnati gashed Jacksonville on Monday Night Football with some of those screens. And, you know, when you're facing a backup quarterback like that, to me, what you need to do is put him into uncomfortable situations. That can be with your coverages, that can be with a pass rush, that can be with pressure, et cetera, et cetera. When you allow him to throw a high percentage screen, I mean, obviously, screens, you assume you complete them at a very high rate, and then those plays take off and they get you 40 and 50 yards, like you're throwing it down the field to Jamar Chase or T. Higgins, that's inexcusable. The Colts obviously got gashed on that several times. And again, go down the list. Offensively, owned in the trenches. Like you said, Zach Moss, zero run game whatsoever. I thought one of the worst games of Bernard Ryman's career. A guy that has been very steady for you. Uh, He was awful. And then flip it over to the defense. Uh, every level uh, of that unit had some issues. Ronnie Harrison Jr. had a nice pick six. He also got torched early on in that game. Uh, no pass rush whatsoever. And then a disastrous day uh, for your special teams unit and for your best player all season. And, you know, when you get into December outdoor football, I do, you know, think, okay, the kicking game could be impacted a bit. It was one of the calmer wind days you'll find for a 30 degree day outdoors. Matt Gay's field goal, the uh, the the flags on the very top were barely moving. And if they were, <laughs> and not to get too like wind nerdy here, but obviously that stadium butts right up to the river. If they were moving it was just downwind or against the wind. It's not like it was a crosswind because you saw the first one. Right. Kind of had the big hook on it. You weren't in and Buffalo then, or Cleveland or the metal, the old Meadowlands with the wind whipping around the stadium. No. It was pretty still for a December football game. Can't miss two kicks inside of 40 yards. And then you brought up Amir Speed just running into Isaiah McKenzie there late. So, a disastrous. Uh, yes, their worst performance of the season. Really out. You could maybe make a case for the at 
that Jacksonville game back in mid-October, but I think this one was worse because, again, Cincinnati, it's more of your competition mm-hmm. level. I think, you know, a, a fully healthy Jacksonville team on the road, I still think they are a tier above you. Cincinnati, th- theoretically, should be on your level there. Um, so it is a jumbled playoff mess now as the Colts exit week 14. And boy, unless you're a fan of Purdue or the Fever, uh, it was a rough weekend <laughs> for you from a sports standpoint. Yeah, I mean, Indiana basketball, how soft do they look? They've lost by 20 to UConn and then 28 over the weekend. We're never, I mean, after the first, what, seven minutes of that game, they were blown out for the last 33 minutes of that game against Auburn. Does Mike Woodson understand Ooh. the staggering of bench versus starter lineups no he's gotta he's gotta move them in and out like he's a like, hockey coach well, th- well this isn't the nba <laughs> obviously in the nba that's that's it's kind of a thing NBA. right you know here's yeah. your second unit that goes into the game uh no you need to stagger malik renew and cleo where now would that have made a 28 point difference or whatever the final score was probably not but that has been a woodson issue really i think in all three of his seasons uh just terrible from indiana after that start uh, against Auburn, uh, like we said, Purdue north of the border. Sectional eight, Braden Smith. Whenever Braden Smith goes off, you got to throw that label on him. Uh, he was outstanding. Obviously, Zach Eady's stat line speaks for itself. Kind of a quiet week now, college basketball wise, for those uh, really programs all around the nation with finals well, week. It's finals week, you got to lock in. And then you've got Kansas and Arizona, <laughs> respectively, for Indiana and Purdue coming up this weekend. And then uh, Pacers Saturday night. <laughs> Are we disappointed? Should we be disappointed? Or was it totally playing with house money I kind of label Saturday? it like this. And I know the NBA is not necessarily the perfect analogy to the college basketball NCAA tournament world, so feel free to rip me. Does that feel like a 4-5 or five seed making the national championship game and then they lose? Yeah, yeah. I, I can see nice that. Yeah, making the Final Four, making a nice run, and eventually it comes to an end and the other team just has too much. You know, beat a one seed, yeah, beat sure. a two seed. If you want to throw Milwaukee, you want to throw Boston into that mix. A lot of great moments throughout that run, but the final, I know Turner hits that three to cut it to 2-3 with like six to go. I just never felt like Indiana ever had solid ground. Well, that's that how game. I felt with the Colts. Like the Colts going back to the Jags game. Sorry to just flip back here. But going back to that Jags game, you felt like, okay, they're like a play away here from making this something. I never felt that. And unfortunately, I didn't really feel that too much with the Pacers in the second half. Can I give you a stat real quick? Jake Browning. 79.3 completion percentage is the highest completion percentage by a quarterback in his first three starts since 1950. He joins Chad Pennington as the only quarterback since 1950 with 70 plus completion percentage and a 95 plus passer rating in each of his three starts. Jake Browning and Chad Pennington company you want to be a part of. There you go. And one thing I thought was a difference for Browning from Monday Andy is yes, there were some screens that were big plays for Cincinnati, but Jacksonville, for the most part, did make him throw it down the field to really hit on those big plays, especially after the first quarter. If you look at you know, the intended air yards, basically how much Browning threw it downfield, he didn't really no, do a whole didn't. lot of that. The one ball to Higgins, of course, Daryl Baker Jr. gets burn on. But for the most part, it was a rather methodical, consistent day. Um, and I would say maybe if you want to boil it down to one item, Andy, that's the most disappointing from yesterday... And I think this has kind of been Cincinnati's M.O., especially this season. They are a team that's a little bit finesse. They don't have great trench play. They're not necessarily this team that's going to control the line of scrimmage. They've got great talent on the outside, but they don't have 
a dominant offensive or defensive lines. And I just thought they they flat out owned you. Whether it was you protecting your own quarterback, you trying to establish Zach Moss in the run game, or the flip side of it, Joe Mixon and Chase Brown running against you, or their ability to protect Jake Browning, like you said, no sacks, three quarterback hits. You know, that's supposed to be your calling card. Chris Ballard has been very clear. We're gonna be a trench focused team. And again, the month of December rolls around, and this is when you rely on that unit. I, you know, I, I know you're missing Brayden Smith, but for the most part, you're very healthy. Grover Stewart's back in the lineup, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, very disappointed uh, in that specific element to the game. Two, three, nine, ten, seventy on the wake up call. Obviously, what bothers you the most? A lot that can uh, bother you stemming from that Sunday performance. Really, to me, the first dud with a capital D of the season for the Bengals. Uh, listen, I would say this here. Uh, To me, KB, and I know they couldn't establish the run or the pass rush, but just the very beginning of the game, special teams was, I know I'm harping on it, special teams was so bad, and I almost feel like, you know, we take things for granted in football sometimes. And with the going into this Bengals game, we have taken for granted, I believe, I did, that the pass rush would be able to make Browning feel uncomfortable, and we never sat here and broke down special teams. I mean, we didn't. You know, we're not going to sit here and say, well, is Matt Gay going to be able to make a 47-yard field goal or that conversation we're trying to keep listening and two of the things that we took for granted the Bengals basically crapped the bed I mean it's seven nothing and you're going to get a stop and then you get the leverage play and you know when you get the leverage play what's going to happen it's going to turn into what a touchdown. Like yeah. you just knew it was going to turn into the touchdown. The way you knew when Zach Moss danced into the end zone and there was a holding call that some that, that was going to end in disaster in some sort of way, and it did. But that leverage play by Brian, and then on top of it, the missed field goal. This team's not good enough. No, they're in not every, enough. Yeah, no. in every game to overcome ten points being altered in the very beginning of the game. We're talking about the first quarter of the game. They came out and were and were bits. Bad, so bad early on. Yeah, I, I kind of labeled it pretender mistakes. You know, when you think about a team that's a contender or a pretender, to me, you had a lot of errors yesterday that would label you in that latter category. The leverage, and like Andy, a leverage penalty on a what, what, what was that? Was that thirty-eight yard attempt? I mean, you'll see that five times all season, right? You're blocking that, it'd be one thing if you get a leverage penalty on a fifty-four yarder that whatever you think you're going to block, right? I, I, I could. Somewhat, maybe in the back of my mind, say, "All right, whatever." Or a guy but, that's done it before, a guy that knows yeah, he can block Garrett, kicks. You know, whoever. Sure. But in that instance, when Evan McPherson is one of the best kickers in the league, and you know he's just going to make that, that yeah, that, that to me, uh, just awful. And then just reacting to the second half. I mean, you get the break of a lifetime, really, when Trey Hendrickson commits yeah. that roughing the passer penalty. He keeps that drive going for you. You cash in on that drive. You get the Ronnie Harrison pick six. You know. It's 14-0, and if you just reacted to the fans in the building yesterday, Colts fans are clapping and cheering their team off the field. Bengals fans are semi-booing their team. Yeah, we've won the half, and look at us. Heading into the locker room, and they come out, and they outscore you 20 to nothing. 
After a lot of Colts time. fans there, by the way. I know, I know, I know. You were there, obviously, in the press box. A lot of Colts fans. Yeah. Uh, Skyline Chili halftime. Something Skyline we want to dive Chili into. Skyline Chili uh, I value my time not on the toilet, so I decided to go. <laughs> you uh, went with the Skyline. Chili. You went with a side salad instead. Uh, a little I, ranch dressing. I got two chocolate chip cookies at halftime. <laughs> there, they there were you absolutely go. delicious. Man. By the way, uh, I cannot stress this enough. We'll talk about it all week long. Saturday's the game of the season. Four thirty inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Colts and Steelers, both at seven and six. Tonight, nothing says like, hey, Pacers, congrats. Uh, you're going to play in Detroit <laughs> on Monday night. This is the worst team in the NBA. Jaden Ivey, I know he had a big night against the Pacers a few weeks back, but he has really struggled this season for Detroit. Indiana is a seven-point favorite as now they get restarted, if you will, with their normal schedule. They will be on the road all week long here, and we'll preview that. Rick Carlisle, again, scheduled to join us coming up tomorrow and as usual. 8 o'clock time slot, so we'll touch on that as the Pacers. Uh, back to reality, I guess, if uh, <laughs> if you could say that, and, and going from Vegas to Detroit. I'm Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us, as always. Good Monday morning to you. Thanks for spending it with us. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on night Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 93.5 93.5 The Fan. All right, 8 o'clock hour. Hanging on the drive. Huber.com studios. KB and Andy. Mark Dighton producing today's effort. Whose song is that, KB? Do you know? Come on. He's going to say Papa Roach Come like on. he did before. Yeah, I'm going with Limp Bizkit. Oh, yes. There we go. I didn't know if you knew such things you or know, not. Mark, he Make always just sure. tries to get on me for my uh, inability to <laughs> Limp Bizkit versus Papa Roach there. Well, Come on now, Mark. We it, did do a show of just <laughs> Limp Bizkit and Papa Roach rejoiners <laughs> and had roll, 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 roll. I think you're about 50%. What a cruddy what a what a cruddy thing that I that I kind of want to do later on at some point in June or July. I think that's a really good song choice, by the way, Mark Dykton. I think it's a great one for the effort yesterday by the Colts. We've talked about it all morning long. Um, the worst performance of the season, and again, every single phase when you look at it from an offensive standpoint, the inability to control the trenches could not run it whatsoever. Zach Moss totally stuffed all day long. Defensively, uh, library quiet pass rush, every level of that unit. I thought had issues, and then probably your, I would say easily your worst special teams day of the season. When Matt Gay misses two kicks inside of 40, Amir Speed runs into Isaiah McKenzie. That was kind of the, that was the cherry on top of any sort of potential hope, prayer of a comeback was over at that point. And I thought Shane Sykin had some issues as well. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was your worst performance of the season, Andy. Uh, is it is it ta- is it take ta- who's the who's the Brian who had the uh, who Taven had the base Brian. Taven Brian if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken right Did you feel bad at all for him when they showed him oh, You didn't see the broadcast They had him on the TV for about 90 seconds It felt like By the way, can I broadcast critique here for a second You can do whatever so, you want Again, I'm at the game in the press box um, There are obviously TVs above us that shows the television broadcast Which is right. great because you watch the play live And then you it's know 20 seconds behind or so delay, yeah, You sure. like to see replays etc cetera, etc cetera. Did they not show any replays yesterday, or is that just me? Like, I thought it was a very sparse day of replays from the CBS crew. I thought there were a couple of critical penalties that I'm like, give me another look at that. 
Hmm. Remember the Jalen Jones penalty in the end okay. zone? I do remember the Jalen Jones. the Taven Jones. Bryan leverage penalty. Yeah. I'm like, are they going to show this? Uh, Jalen Jones, I think, had another penalty, actually. He like did. A pass interference, It, it was a maybe. pass interference on Chase. They did show that, I think, once. Yeah. Which, I, well, by the way, was a bad call against Jalen Jones. Yeah. I, I, I thought not there to sound a, like Pat Mahomes. No, I thought there were a few kind of iffy calls. And not just iffy. I thought, like, big penalties that I would have liked to have seen a couple of times. But, um... Yeah, the Taven Bryan leverage penalty. First off, you should never be called for a leverage penalty. Second, you should never be called for that when the field goal is like 35 yards long. <laughs> yeah, the guy's if automatic. If you're Miles Garrett and it's a 55-yarder, sure. all right. You That's probably, a game winner, eight seconds you left. You probably earned the right. End of the first half, sure. end of the game, something like that. But to do that just in the middle of the field like that on a chip shot by one of the best kickers in the league? Come on now. Uh, 239-1070. We're hanging out with you up until 10 o'clock. Reminder, coming up after us, a little greeny. And then you have Query and Company, JMV, coming your way at 3 o'clock. Several things from the game I wanted to pick your brain about. And one of them, we discussed this just a little bit during the break. And then you looked at me and said, I'll explain on air, which is always the better way to do it. So the game is 21-14, KB. I wanted to ask your opinion on this. The game is 21-14. 14 at the time and Cincinnati is driving they're inside the 10 yard line and so this is a big but you know this is eventually they go up 28 14 but this is like one of those big moments uh you know kind of the middle to still beginning of the third quarter there is hope you're only down seven you get a turnover you hold to a field goal there are opportunities in the game It's a second down and three at the six-yard line. Cincinnati is called for an illegal blindside block, correct? They're called for that. And that's a 15-yard penalty, if I'm not mistaken. And so you're looking at a situation to where Shane Steichen, now if you were watching the broadcast. I thought Steichen, by the way, just to interject, I thought Steichen said it was going to be a 10-yarder. So either it would have been second and 17. I think think it was a a 10-yarder. But Steichen and the ref went back and forth. Did you notice this when you were at the game? uh They showed this a lot on TV. It took took a while. Yeah, they showed this on TV that they kind of, you know, they talked for a good 15, 20 seconds. And then it looked like the ref was going to go make the call. And then he turned around and he and Steichen again had a conversation. So there were two or three conversations here. And the point was, you could make that second down and 13. You'd be back at 17. The, uh, 17. 17. Excuse me. Uh, you'd be back at what? I mean, you, you take that back 10 yards or you decline the penalty. And instead of taking them back and redoing second down, uh, they decided they decided to keep the third down uh, to keep the third down call. It ended up being a third and seven. Now eventually they get about six yards. They go forward on fourth down, do the Bengals, and the Bengals get the touchdown. Great cut and by they Joe ma- Mixon. Yeah, and they make it twenty-eight to fourteen. It was a good cut by Mixon at the time. I thought at the time, this is me, at the time I thought, okay, I would have taken the 10 yards there. Uh, That's what I would have done. Again, you could look back at it and view it much differently. Hey, our defense gets a stop. It's going to be fourth down and short no matter what. I understand that. Here's Steichen talking about that play that happened at the beginning of the second quarter yesterday. Right there was whatever. It would have been third and seven or I think second and 17. They were already in field goal range. So it felt good with our defense. Hey, get a stop right here, and they're kicking the field goal anyway. So it was second 18. Shoot, if they pop something, it's going to be a third and seven again. Maybe who knows, right? So that was the decision that was made there. 
Yeah, I, I would say... Do you have a strong take on that? I, I thought he should have accepted the penalty because I looked at that point of the game, Andy, and thought, I understand where Sykin's coming from and that McPherson's probably going to make a field goal whether it's 28 yards or 38 yards. He's that good of a kicker. But at that point, it felt like you needed one more big play from your defense or special teams. Like You were going to have to have one more kind of outside-of-the-box play to get you back into it. And so in second and fifth, 17. Cincinnati's probably going to play it relatively conservative, but to be honest with you, Zach Taylor opens up that whole playbook for Jake Browning. So, at second and 17, you know that, you know, they're probably going to throw it. Can you, you know, drum something up there with your pass rush? And again, insert all the jokes here because the Colts didn't do any of that yesterday over the course of the game to even make you think that that would have been possible. But I think if you put a backup quarterback way behind the chains there, and does Jake Brownie just have kind of a backup quarterback moment? Yeah, does where, he have a mental mistake? Yeah, where he sure. just all of a sudden, you know, thinks he can get a ball to Jamar Chase in a 50-50 window, and could the Colts come away with a big-time turnover there? So I thought he should have... Except that I don't think it's a crucifying mistake by any means with Shane Steichen there. Um, And, you know, to your point, Andy, you got them in a fourth and one. And that is when you should win the line of scrimmage there. I mean, that is a Cincinnati team that, again, is not known for the ability to control the line of scrimmage, dominate in the trenches. They've been an awful run offense team this season. And right there, they give it to Joe Mixon, a fullback. And Mixon's got to make a big cut. To, you know, get a first down there. He gets that, they punch it in, and now it's a 14 point lead. And then the McKenzie fumble happens a few, you know, a few drives later, and it's over. Yeah, the, the McKenzie plays bothersome. I, I don't know why I'm bothered by the special teams more than I am just about anything else. I don't know if we just take it for granted. Well, it's it like was you're so in the good game. the previous week, well, it, it's, too. It's been so good. It's one of yeah. games, and it's just one of those things when I guess I feel like when you're on the field for five plays, six plays, seven plays, eight plays, whatever it is, I view it differently than a guy who's on the field for 61 snaps, right? Who's going to make who's gonna make uh, some, you know, some mistakes along the way the special teams was just so damn bad yesterday and again for the Colts in this market Andy I think we're pretty used to it's been a pretty reliable unit you know over the course of time really I mean you can go back even to the Peyton years like you know you've been pretty solid on special teams and and I thought just the speed running into them it it, it just closed it closed the book on any sort of comeback hope uh, however you want to label it um, I did think maybe the Cincinnati guy did a nice job of kind of blocking Amir Speed, you know, with that little last kind of push. But then Amir Speed just no wherewithal of where he was in the field of real. He just kept on backpedaling there. It's like uh, Isaiah McKenzie could be right here. Like at that point, and I don't know, maybe some of that is on Isaiah to make sure you're screaming and yelling to know, hey, I'm about ready to field it. Uh, but still, I think I was mostly on speed, who, for what it's worth, is a rookie. Uh, he's a guy that claimed off waivers about a month, month and a half ago from the Patriots uh, in a definite rookie mistake there. It's just so frustrating. So it's 21-14, and you have Steichen, and you have the entire penalty stuff, whether you agree or disagree with that. They get it down to a fourth down. They get the fourth down. Then you get another penalty. It's not a big one, but you go in. It's a Zaire Franklin offsides, and they go right in the end zone, and they score. And it's 28-14, and it's like last gasp type 
stuff, and the Colts go three and out, and then the McKenzie fumble happens, and then it's 31-14. It's just so it's just so frustrating. That even after that, you had a couple opportunities to get back in the game, to make the Bengals feel a little bit of game pressure, get a little bit of pressure on Brownie, make him feel that game pressure, and they just never did that from 21-14 on. They never had that push to where they made that one play to where they made this a game where all you needed was a stop, you get the ball back, and anything can happen. That's what. That's what. why this mimicked a little bit of the Jacksonville game, the second Jacksonville game is that right when they got to the point to where you thought, okay, they can put pressure on the other team here, they just didn't do it. And to me, it all started at 21-14 in that penalty call. You know, you could honestly probably feel like Oprah and handing out where the disappointment was yesterday because there were so many you know places for it. I thought the opening drive of the third quarter, Andy, it's 14 all at halftime. And again, I mentioned this earlier, the vibe I got in that stadium was the Colts fans that were there, they're all clapping and cheering for their team of like, we've survived the first half. Right, we're good we to go. We are right back in it. Exactly. Cincinnati's like semi-booing their team running off the field at halftime. Cincinnati gets the ball to start the third quarter. They have four plays of over 10 yards by four different guys in that third quarter drive. That was just an easy six-play touchdown drive. Boom. They're back in control. And then the rest of the second half plays out and you get outscored. 22 nothing. Paul has been hanging in there with us on this Monday morning. Paul, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How you doing? We're doing great, man. How are you? Are you staying warm? Uh, I'm off today, so yeah, I'm real warm. Mail route Paul, by the way, with us right here. So anyways, first the IU game. Mike Woodson killed the momentum, and he went to the bench too early. Why does he do the full hockey sub thing? Why doesn't he stagger those? I have no idea, and to be brutally honest, the bench isn't that good. Peyton Sparks no. is horrible. He plays out of control, can't hit a free throw, he shoots <laughs> brick. The only bench player that I really like on IU's team right now is Walker, the transfer from Miami. Yeah, he had a nice game. He's the only one who's consistent and plays under control when he gets out there. The rest of them seem rushed and, and just... Like they don't know what's going on out there, and I think Mike Woodson killed that game up twenty-two to ten. He subbed out everybody, went to the bench, and lost momentum and lost the game from that point forward. Going to the uh, Colts game now. He's got a checklist for us. Shane Steichen should have tried to switch it up because Zach Moss was dropping passes. He he didn't find any running lanes. I think he should have went to Goodson because Goodson was a home run hitter. At Iowa, Goodson has been good in the passing game, and Goodson could have probably did a little better than Moss did yesterday. And Gus Bradley, this is the worst coach game for the coach that I've seen him coach. No pressure. He thought with with uh, Grover Stewart coming back, we could just get to him with four, and that would be the difference maker. Agreed. It's not the difference maker. I agree. Pressure because we made that quarterback look like an All Pro yesterday. Paul, thank you for what you're doing this time of year especially. Stay warm as you can, and as always, appreciate the energy, appreciate the calls. I, I want to start with IU, if you don't mind, Andy. You know, there the times last year where Mike Woodson would do this with Jalen Hood-Shafino and Trace Jackson-Davis, he'd sub both out. And I'm thinking, where is the staggering? You know, this, I mean, NBA teams have started to do more and more of this, of, you know, leave Tyrese Halliburton mm-hmm. in with the second unit, and then as you sprinkle some other starters in, then you take Halliburton out. Uh, I, I've been dumbfounded by that with Woodson, and the thing is, 
people ask him about it in post-game press conference, and he just doesn't even acknowledge it. He's like, these guys can't play 40 minutes. I'm like, I'm not saying you play them 40 minutes, but you don't need to have Malik Renew and Khalil Ware sitting for the same four- to six-minute sequence or however long they need to be on the bench. You lost by 28. You got torched from behind the arc. I don't want to act like... This would have changed the game, but that has been an issue with Woodson. I think really in all three of his seasons, Andy, that it's just like, come on. Like to me, it seems so obvious. Why do you keep on doing it? Yeah, Woodson's dismissive on that kind of stuff. And all I can think of, and you know this, following coaches, when a season's not going their way and they're dismissive at the very beginning, this can become a long oh, no. season. There's when a you big get to stubbornness. Ja- yeah, when you yeah. get to January and February in the Big Ten, a couple games against Purdue and everything. I mean, think about this. IU was up 12 at the 12.54 mark, and they ended up down at halftime by 18. They were down 52-34 at halftime. At the 12.54 mark, they were up 12. Yeah, it was a 42-12 to 12 run by Auburn to end the first Auburn half. got punched and punched back. Notre Dame lost by less than IU I, did. I, I watched some of that. Oof. Oof. Notre you got, a, you got a long way. To, you didn't watch all that, did you? That was a backdoor cover. I was, was, I was it a backdoor 20 cover? Twenty and a half was a spread. I was flipping back and forth between the Pacers. I was wondering if you dedicated a TV or an iPad or a computer to the Notre Dame basketball game. I did watch about 10, 15 minutes of that, and then I said, that's enough. I've done enough. Again, quiet weeks for Indiana and Purdue with both of them on finals. But boy, Saturday uh, for Indiana, you need something on the resume. You'll You have the opportunity in your own building with Kansas coming to town. And then for Purdue, it will be the number one team in Arizona. Boy, Arizona. I mean, they put up 98. Oh, they can score, man. On Wisconsin. Balance. I know, they can score. And, you know, I think IU felt this last year when they played Arizona in Vegas. Arizona's big. I mean, they've yeah. got bodies. It's going to be a game, And they've man. got dudes. I am so disappointed that game is the same time as the Colts game on Saturday. And remember, and there's no St. Peter's joke in this, that's a peacocker. No, it is a peacocker. That's a peacocker. <laughs> it is a peacocker. There's no St. Peter's joke Get with that, Get the subscription fans. out, Todd Meyer. 430. Pay that 599. Someone give Jake Query their password so he can watch the games over the weekend. <laughs> it, it is a beautiful sound. It's time for our Goats of the Week. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's here! Or goat. This guy sucks. Of the week. You guys always call it the big goat of the week. Is it the big goat of the week or the good goat of the week? I never can remember yeah, the way. Big goat. It doesn't really matter. matter. Yeah, I, I figured, people. So we do one, uh, one goat of the week. Who's a good goat and one bad goat of the week? And I'm gonna go first. I'll go with my good goat of the week. It's Joe Flacco, baby. Oh. Joe Cool, man. Is Joe Flacco elite? He threw the ball 45 times on Sunday. I mean, what is this? Seven years ago? I uh, know. I can't believe 45 it. times, 311 yards, and three and threw for three touchdowns at a QB rating of 92. I mean, we're getting Joe Flacco in the playoffs. <laughs> yes, you are. And and you know, I mean. I don't know what to say. He turns 39 next month, about Joe Flacco. Jo- about Joe Flacco. And he's jo- slinging it, by the jo- way. Joe Flacco's playing better than probably six, seven starting quarterbacks right now in the NFL. That's not a crazy thing to say, is it? No. 
I mean, until yesterday, he was better than anything that the Jets have thrown out there. He's better than anything the Giants have thrown out there. Half the games that the Bears threw out there. He was better than Trevor Lawrence yesterday. My goat of the weekend goes to another epic Army-Navy game. Nothing like a goal line stand to decide Army-Navy. And then did you guys see how the over hit? No, I did no. not. Oh my god! Oh, tell us. Maybe I did. I, I didn't. I didn't have the bet safety? this game. It was the safety oh. on the final play of the game with the clock at triple zeros of the Army quarterback running out of I the end zone. Oh, that's great. That's Twenty-seven great. and a half. The over/under. It's sixteen to ten. God bless America. I mean, literally, nothing <laughs> defines our country more than God that. Bless the America. on a safety on the final play. Imagine of the game. being that big of a degenerate. Come oh. on, oh, people are betting that Hell game. Yeah. Everybody. Oh, I mean, that, Mark. That's the only game. On it's the Saturday. only. Oh, it's the only college football game. You know, people were loading up on that over/under. Army Navy lives up to it every single year. Pa- patriotism defined in that one. Mine is uh, last night. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely Ooh. destroyed. The the Eagles. Eagles were butt routed in back-to-back weeks against the 49ers and Cowboys. Two teams definitely in the NFC playoff picture. But my good goes to Dak Prescott, who's been on quite the heater over the last eight games. Here's his stats. 25 touchdowns, two interceptions, over 2,400 yards passing, and a 69% nice completion percentage, and the Cowboys are 7-1 in that stretch. Do we... Think he's the MVP favorite? I I have to yes. think he's he's top three at least. I think he is. And top three would be him, Brock Purdy, Tyreek Hill, in some order. I think that's in probably some order. I think that's probably fair, and I think that's what you're looking at, is it not? Right now, he'd be the MVP. I think. What he about would. Tua? Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Tua would be in my top five or six, but Dak Prescott's going to win the NFL MVP. That, it's going to happen. Makes me sick to my stomach. I was going to say, just the tone of your voice, just so uh, much disdain. Well, that. I mean, I can't even watch. I'm like, I'm watching the Eagles be pulverized and driven into the ground, and usually that's something that would make me very happy. It'd keep me up all night. I would not need coffee to do this show. But then it happened to the Cowboys, who look like, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the NFL. My- I don't have the patience to jack with you today. My lowercase goat of the weekend, you could go in a lot of areas. I think mm-hmm. we've discussed some of the team-specific ones you could go with. Guys, I'm going off the field. It was astonishing to me how many people I saw in the Cincinnati press box yesterday at halftime get in line and load up their plate with Skyline Chili. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking to myself, folks, isn't that an automatic toilet for the rest of the day? It is. And here they are in it a foreign like environment. Foreign environment. They're in a working environment, you would think, and they're going to risk their bodily intestines to that for the for the next X amount of hours? Well, I mean, it's a controlled bathroom up there. It's not like if you had to go and you're in Section 308 or something. Working, like, I, you need functioning toilets, like you're worried, Are you worried about having to leave to go to the toilet for like 15 minutes and you miss a big play in the game? Is that what sure, you mean? Or, or your other duties. I mean, I'm watching security. Duties, was that intentional? Police? Was that intentional what you just said? <laughs> Policemen, police. I mean, like, and, and the size of these plates with the Skyline Chili, I'm like. Yeah, but they're used to it. It's yeah, like if you grow up in like cold weather, you're you're not bothered by the cold weather. It's kind of like there that. are members of the indie media doing this, and I and, oh boy. and I'm looking at him like guys. Oh boy, you must be able to. I sound like JMV right now, but you must be able to respect the road environment better than I can. <laughs> it's a shit show, Kevin. <laughs> well, the thing about what is that I don't know. The, I don't remember. The only thing is that from an interview we did. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. The only it's a thing. Show, Kevin. The only thing I would worry about is when you have to go down and, uh, you know, 
going to the locker room. That's what I'm saying. That, that would be the word. It's not when I'm sitting up there, you know, third quarter. You get. I guess here's the thing. If you eat, if hey, you eat it at halftime. Big Grove, get yeah. out of the stall. I got to go in there. <laughs> if you eat it at halftime, you still have like, a, what, an hour and 40 minutes maybe before you need to go down the elevator and go into the locker room. So you're giving yourself a buffer, I guess would be my point, right, of at least 90 minutes. But you spend two series in the stall. That could be the difference in the game. <laughs> splash! 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 That is so Is it wrong, mostly, Mark. I ask this, it's mostly men in these press boxes anyway. Did yeah, you see probably. any women eating the Skyline chili? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Just what? making sure it's not a man thing. I'm not judging that at all. I'm more judging the act of all the, uh, like, damn, those people. I guess I semi-respect it. I judge and I respect it because... I just couldn't pull that off. You went with the two cookies instead. Two chocolate chip cookies for me. Maybe the booth is sponsored by Tums or Pepto Bismol or something. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's I, what's I, going on. I bet they, people th- they literally need a sand for that at the I end. I bet of it. people thought you were pretentious. Oh, look at KB. <laughs> oh, this guy he talked about cookies. Yeah, Mark, he talked about it all week. He said he was never going to eat that skyline. And look at him. He's just eating a couple. Yeah, this is coming from someone that's out of a box. His coffee here several times <laughs> in the calendar year. Andy, what's your bad? Oh, goodness. I K- think I know where you're yeah, going. You want to go ahead and play clip six? We're going to make oh, KB Lord. listen to 35 seconds of this. Go ahead. The Pat thing Holmes. is, I'd rather let, let us play, man. Like, let us play the game. Yes. And then whatever happens, happens. Like, the whole throwing the flag and deciding the game one or another um that that that's what hurts me that's why like last week i didn't say anything because it's it's letting us play man let us let us go out there and win the game and i said i'd rather them let us play and go out there and, and see who wins i mean that's what you want as a competitor is you, you practice all week to go out there and try to win and uh you want it to be about the your team and that team and see what happens you, practice you never want to be to you don't want to be talking about this stuff after the game um, oh and, that's good enough that's good enough we have like i have a couple clips i just cut them this morning i, I had to you here by the uh, this is my lowercase. Uh, the Chiefs are 8-5 on the year. Kadarius Tony, if you didn't see it, and near the end of the game, in, inside two minutes, they're driving. It looks like the Chiefs are going to do what they always do to the Bills in Arrowhead, and that's beat them in the final seconds. They get a play to Kelsey. Kelsey's in the middle of the field running. He he flips it back to Kadarius Tony, who then runs into the end zone. It looks like this great organic and, by the way, badass play. Like if you said, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to be loving it. The problem is Kadarius Tony lined up. Up offsides, lined up way offsides, and the Chiefs were mad that the ref didn't alert them, didn't alert Tony, didn't alert Andy Reid and the coaching staff. Reid whined about it. Mahomes was throwing an absolute baby fit on the sideline, going after the side judge and everything else. And then after the game, I don't know if you saw this, when he went to go shake Josh Allen's hand, did you happen to see this? It was great. Allen was stunned by it. Allen thinks we're going to go out there. We've had so many big games, whether it be postseason, regular season between these two teams. They're friends, you know. Yeah, for the most part. And Mahomes says to him, worst effing call I've ever seen. <laughs> and they shake hands and Josh Allen just looks confused. But the Bills got a big one. If they lost that one, you know, if the Chiefs win that game and the Colts beat the Bengals, we wake up today with the Bills and Bengals out of the postseason. We really do. We wake up with two teams in the AFC, uh, AFC absolutely eliminated, but that's not what happened. Mark Dyson? Uh, well, that Patrick Mahomes bitching was was one of mine, but I'll let Andy have that one. Uh, my follow up is the poor bastards that were in attendance for Raiders Vikings. <laughs> I just did. Uh, that they were in attendance for Raiders Vikings. Uh, you should get a hundred dollars in free chips. Everyone who's in attendance for that game because that was god awful. I think Red Zone was like, I guess we'll throw to this game 
now, but there right. was so many, so many other late games going on. It was just oh, so you bad. know Raiders Vikings had the feel of like you go watch your favorite MLB team and they're getting no hit by like inning six, so then you just start to cheer for the yeah. no hitter. Raiders Vikings got so bad, you just cheer for the game to go scoreless in overtime. Oh, I wanted a zero zero tie. Right, that's right. what that game that's, deserved. That's, and, and I love the Frank Bieber gifts making making its way across social media. <laughs> um, three nothing, the Vikings, who I believe would still be in the playoffs, right? Yep. Yeah, that you was know a what, huge win for you, them. You know what that game was? That game was a soccer friendly. That's what that game was. You know, like a friendly, it doesn't, like you're watching the game and you're thinking, do these teams know, like, what's at stake here? You mentioned Minnesota. They're a six seed right now. That's a huge game for Minnesota. Uh, and they went to they went to uh, Nick Mullins after a while. Did. So the Josh Dobbs experience might be over. And you don't know what's going on with Justin Jefferson either. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Not, not a great one for the Colts. Seven and six now on the season. The I think playoffs. that's a compliment, by the Word way. Is, I'm being nice today. Uh, if it were to start today, they would still be the seven seed. You know, not it wasn't all bad. It was a mixed bag. I think what bothered me the most coming from Sunday was you really had a chance to put the Bengals out of their misery. Don't you feel that way? And the Bengals, now they're seven and six. You're seven and six. They're what six teams in the AFC that are right there at seven and six. Three others at eight and five. But if you look at it, you know, big picture, Jacksonville, Jacksonville's in trouble. Uh, you know, I mean, I, let's just say what it is. Jacksonville you was hate bad Jacksonville. yesterday. Well, they're frauds, but that's fine. Jacksonville's in trouble. Uh, the Houston Texans are in. They look like an injured football team on Sunday. I mean, the Jets bullied them around. Concussion uh, protocol. C- yeah, CJ Stroud. Stroud got knocked out of the game there. Uh, and Buffalo goes and gets kind of a gut check for themselves, as does the Broncos. So, you know, and the Browns obviously won. So it's a mixed bag for the Colts. But for me, you. You could have been the fourth eight-win team in the AFC. And then on top of it, I really think you would have set uh, Cincinnati back. They would have been the 11-12 seed, and their season essentially uh, would have been over. You mentioned Saturday, the Steelers game on Saturday. Then at Atlanta, Atlanta lost a heartbreaker yesterday to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost in only the way the Atlanta Falcons could lose, really. Uh, And then the Raiders, who scored zero points yesterday in the Houston Texans, like I said, that are dealing with massive massive injury issues there at the wide receiver and quarterback position. You know, when a, a game like that happens yesterday for the Colts, and again, I, I think their worst per- performance of the season, every phase, I, I don't think really any of the three units you can absolve from yesterday's effort. What adds to the sting of it, Andy, is you often hear the cliche of, it's just one loss. But that one is a little bit more than that. It's a conference loss. That involves important tiebreakers as we look ahead to the final four weeks of the season. And then to your point, you've lost the head-to-head tiebreaker now to Cincinnati. So if you look at the standings, Andy, you have lost the head-to-head tiebreaker to Jacksonville, to Cleveland, and to Cincinnati. Those are three teams that we could get to Week 18, and they could be right there with you. I mean, right now, all three of those teams are pretty close to you. Um, We'll see how... The Houston game obviously plays out. You could get the head-to-head tiebreaker there. You have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Baltimore, but unfortunately for the Colts, I don't think it's going to matter. Baltimore, they went on a walk-off punt return in overtime. They're leading the AFC. So they could be you know, the AFC North champs, and that's not going to matter. Um, If you look at the standings right now, 
basically the reason why the Colts are as high as they are in relation to all the seven and six teams is because their conference record is at five and four. Uh, technically, them and Pittsburgh both have a five and four conference record. Pittsburgh is just above Indy uh, because they have the better common games tiebreaker. So you add up uh, all the common opponents from each of those two schedules, and Pittsburgh has that. Of course, these two teams will play on Saturday, so another head-to-head tiebreaker will get solved then. But that's where this one stings a little bit more. There's the big picture, like uptick in competition, and that's how you look. I think there's that point of view that you can certainly acknowledge from yesterday. But this one, again, there's a little bit more on the line for this one versus Atlanta in a couple weeks because This is a team in your conference. This is a team that, to your point, you could have put out of their misery with a win. And now the fact that Cincinnati got the win, if all of a sudden you get to the end of the year and these two teams are tied head-to-head, they're going to be above you. So if you're a Colts fan right now, you want multiple teams involved in tiebreakers. Because if you get multiple teams involved, that's where it goes to conference tiebreaker. And the Colts do have a nice AFC record compared to most. How, I don't want to say disappointed. How worried are you? I put this tweet out just running the football. Jonathan Taylor, when they played the Bucks, the Pan- the Patriots, and the Panthers, 303 yards in those games, four touchdowns, 3.6 yards per carry. Now, some of that is skewed, obviously, in the Patriots game. Jonathan Taylor did the work early, and then it was kind of a, you know, we're just going to sit on our hands type of game. Again, they give you those numbers. In those three games against the Patriots, the Panthers, and the Buccaneers, 303 total yards, four touchdowns, 3.6 yards per carry. The last two games without Jonathan Taylor in Cincinnati and there in Nashville, just 101 yards total in those two games, zero touchdowns, 2.4 yards per carry. I was stunned how little they could do on the ground yesterday. That Cincinnati was can't stop the run. Cincinnati's been a very poor well, run defense this season. Um, mentioned this win. Taylor went down a couple weeks ago, Andy. Zach Moss's numbers with Gardner Minshew as a starter are different than they are with Anthony Richardson as a starter. And it, it wasn't a huge, huge difference, but it was, I think it was like .6 per carry. And obviously that adds up over, you know, 20 carries a game, something like that. But what I'm seeing here each of the last two weeks, it's not so much that like, if Taylor would be in the lineup, you'd have whatever, a 100-yard day out of him. Andy, I just think you're getting owned up front. Yesterday, Zach Moss had 13 carries. Six of those 13 went for zero or negative yards. Nine of the 13 went for two yards or less. So when you have, what, 75% of your runs going for two yards or less, that means you're already behind the chains. That means you're putting more on Gardner Minshew's plate, and we know how that's going to end. So I think it's a combination of things. I think it's opposing teams don't respect your passing game, so they're going to load the box. And right now, your offensive line is not controlling the line of scrimmage. Again, against teams that, in particular Cincinnati more than Tennessee last week, Cincinnati's not known for stopping the run at all. I think they were they, they came into the game 31st, I believe, in the NFL in run defense. So um, that is certainly a, a, a big question mark here moving forward. <laughs> okay, I'm so, you know why I'm smiling at you? I, 
Is this like this is going to be the show today? We're just going to go back and forth on how disappointed we are. Whether I bring up running game, pass rush, quarterback play, like I was just looking, like all the stuff I have here on my sheet is just negative stuff. You mentioned the runs, nine possessions, KB. Four of them were hurt by penalties where they put you behind the sticks. You know, a holding call, a personal foul call, a false start that puts you behind the sticks, and another was a missed field goal. So five of your nine possessions on Sunday were damaged by either Matt Gay missing a field goal or four others, the penalties put you in a spot to where, you know, I mean, come on, when it gets third and long, the Colts don't have an offense that's built to go pick up a bunch of third and 17s. Nobody does, okay, right now in the NFL, but they surely don't. It, I mean, this is what a, what a sick Sunday it was. I don't mind saying the pass rush was bad, the penalties up front on the offensive line, Zach Moss can't run, probably throwing Minshew too much. By the way, just looking at Minshew, he averaged 31 attempts in the Bucks, Pats, and Panthers game. He's now up to 41 for Cincinnati and Tennessee. 41 attempts is what he's done the last two weeks. I Are mean, that's you, just not going to cut it. To me, Matt Gay, I can chalk up as an anomaly. Again, I don't think the weather had a huge impact. And I don't know, maybe I'm giving Matt Gay excuses. You know, he was out in Utah early in the week for the birth of his daughter. I, I How was know, he? He still practiced all week long. So I, I think he's earned the right this season to not all of a sudden think that what happened yesterday is going to be the norm moving forward. Any other facet of yesterday that you label in, in the negative category that you think is the anomaly? Or do you look at it and think, wait a minute, you just played the bottom feeders of the NFL pretty much for the past month. You feasted on them. Now the competition yeah, is rising slightly. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried. Not to say it's rising significantly because we watched Pittsburgh lose to back-to-back, you know, double-digit lost teams. Anything else on the negative list, Andy, that you look at and say, that's an anomaly. Okay, let me ask you this. EJ Speed missed the game for the Colts. How, how does that change that what they did? Deal. Yeah, I, 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 I know agree. a lot of people are going to look at the Ronnie Harrison pick six and act like he played a great no, game. EJ Speed not playing a big deal. I thought there were some moments early on where you just had uh, clear issues in you know zone recognition, screen recognition, those things. Um, I would I do say think defensive the EJ line Speed loss was big. Yeah, I would. I would say front seven. Is that fair? I mean, they've been. I mean, they've been top five much of the season in getting to the quarterback. I mean, they entered what number two in the NFL in sacks. If nothing else, they would at least get hurries and make Browning. I mean, rewatching part of that game. I mean, Browning steps back and has he gets to go through three and four prog- progressions every single time. Yeah, every single time. And this so is I, again not a team known for their offensive yeah, line. I, I would I would still give their pass rush the benefit of the doubt. I, I kind of felt like. They thought they would get home and, and that would be able to help them uh, like maybe on some of the wide receivers. I mean, T. Higgins, he had the one big catch, but I mean, T. Higgins didn't do very much. I mean, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd didn't do anything in this game. And may, I mean, that's a, that's a part of this game that we'll forget. Maybe they thought, okay, we're going to put all of our pressure on making sure those two or three guys don't beat us. And they really didn't that... Th- the front seven was supposed to take care of the other stuff, and they didn't take care of anything. And so then Gus Bradley's like, okay, am I going to throw in pressure? Well, as soon as you throw in pressure, Jake Browning's throwing a, a dump-off pass to Joe Mixon for 40 yards, right? And they had three of those in, the, in that game. They were just back-breaking. The screen stuff, to me, I think is maddening because that is what Jacksonville did to Cincinnati. And, you know, you, you, you can look at it probably a couple of ways, Andy. Teams throw screens against other teams to try and, you know, maybe lessen a pass rush or quiet down a pass rush. And 
it's not like the Colts ever dialed up their pass rush. It's not like it got going early and Cincinnati said, hey, we got to go to some screen game to try and slow that down at all. So I think that is what's so frustrating is six days ago, you watched that happen. And again, I thought it was such a benefit for the Colts that Cincinnati played on Monday night football last week. That means a large percentage of your roster is watching that game. We had DeForest Buckner on the show. Yep. He was not watching Pacers yeah. Celtics on Monday night. He was watching all week. the Monday night game. Yep. So there should be that natural instinct of, oh, wow, you know, the screen game with Chase Brown or Joe Mixon could be there. And when you're able to strike gold like Cincinnati was on that, it just does wonders for Jake Browning. And it doesn't stress a backup quarterback much at all there. I mean, they had three screens, Andy, go for like 120-some yards. Yeah, you put I mean, in your article, it's just you, you can't have it. Uh, post-game, Shane Steichen talked about those screen passes. I think it depends on situations. You know, you know, you always got to be alert for screens, but when are they calling them? Uh, first and ten, second and pass situations, who knows? Um, but I think, you know, they obviously hit the screens at the right time. You know, you can hit those at the right time, and it looks like they did. I got to go back and watch the tape, though. And I, I think that's part of where you miss EJ Speed. Is some of that screen recognition, his athleticism in space, making a play there. And I know Zaire Franklin had a big tackle number. I, I I still am wondering about that knee injury and just how much that's lingered for him. Uh, for those curious, uh, Shaquille Leonard last night with the Eagles played 14 of 82 snaps. Uh, did not start uh, in two tackles for him. So rotational role, I think he was like their third or fourth linebacker if you look at their snap counts. Uh, last night for the Eagles. By the way, I don't know how how much did you watch of that game. I know you had a long day. Did you just pack yeah, it in, not, hang yeah. out with the family, and go yeah, to sleep? I, that I, sort of thing. Know, CD Lamb touchdown. I saw early. That was about it. Really. Well, they, they had a they had a play. Did it, it? It made me just think of everything that we have had a conversation about here with Anthony Richardson and with Shane Steichen. Jalen Hurts is a hobbled man right now. Okay, I mean that's one of the issues that Philadelphia has. That Jalen Hurts, and I, I, you know, part of that is hits that he's taking within the pocket, but we have talked about, just like we did with Anthony Richardson, how many times are you going to run Jalen Hurts? And he's easily averaging into the double figures in his career per game. He had a play, KB, where he rolled to the right and he ran, and he was kind of non-committal. And he was going to slide, but he was just very slow in sliding. And, uh, and a safety came up and gave him a pretty good whack. And and Jalen Hurts is scraping himself off the turf. And I and I just got thinking, you know, when we did all that Anthony Richardson conversation earlier in the year, we kept going to Jalen Hurts. Here's a prime example of Jalen Hurts doing what the Colts don't want Anthony Richardson doing, and that's rolling out, getting a half yard, and getting whacked by a safety or a linebacker. The Eagles are in trouble, man. They yeah, look like a beat-up, like tired football team right now. Crowded top of the NFC with you know, a big loss for the Lions yesterday, but San Francisco getting a win. You know Who's going to win the NFC East? And obviously, either Dallas or Philly, one of those teams is going to go on the road there to start the postseason. Uh, any hangover concern tonight for the Pacers in Detroit? Uh, I could see them. Here's the beauty of this game. Don't you feel like they can play a C-plus game and win? I know Rick Carlisle does not want to hear that. But can't they play kind of off a little bit and still win this game? You would hope. Is Detroit, it worrisome it's only a seven-point spread? Detroit has lost 19 straight, which is just such a wild number. Now, if you remember, these teams met a few weeks ago 
here at Gambridge Field. That was, it was actually one of the end season yeah. tournament games. Uh, it was a tie game with five minutes to go. Yeah. Pacers went on a huge run to end the game. That final score is not indicative of how it was played for 40 uh, or, or 42 minutes. Um, again, the update on Andrew Nemhard. We saw him get hurt against uh, Milwaukee on Thursday. It is a bone bruise. He's going to be out at least a week. Rick Carlisle's kind of labeled that as week-to-week for Andrew Nemhard. And then Aaron Neesmith, he is questionable tonight um, with a hip injury, like you said, favored around seven points for the Pacers. I I am very curious to see how they do react to this because, Andy, it's one of those things where if you lay an egg tonight or if you have a hangover... Oh, you you can't lose to Detroit. You're at Milwaukee Wednesday. You think Milwaukee's got that one circled a bit? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, you beat them twice. So now all of a sudden you're you're 12-10 and 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 I feel like some of the positive energy you might have about the in-season tournament, you're kind of back to, oh, wow, is this team hovering around... At that play, oh, Minnesota's spot. on Saturday. Minnesota, right now, what did you say during the break? Are they first or second in the Western Conference right now? They lead the Western. They conference. lead the Western Conference. If we were to the start everything Michael today, Brady's leading the Western Conference. Though. <laughs> I didn't know he was doing play-by-play up there. Good for him. Uh, it's a good team. Yeah, play-by-play up there. I'm trying to look here. It doesn't look like the Bucks have a back-to-back on Wednesday. I know that's always something that we look to with when you play some of those star teams. That is an eight o'clock tip in Milwaukee as the Pacers are on the road all week long. All right, we'll continue the Colts conversation. Pacers as well. Eight o'clock hour. We'll do our goats from the weekend. Honestly, we have a lot to choose from. Probably in the negative category Ooh. after what happened this weekend. Good Monday morning to you. Thanks for spending it with us. 93.5, 107.5. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy.